Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome and great to have you Thursday edition. Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery uh, getting closer to kick off Nebraska, Ohio State. We are loaded up. Bill Bender, Dave Biddle, Buckeye Insider. We'll hear from Coach Scott Frost. We get things kicked off with longtime coach, Hall of Famer Gary Barnett, Northwestern in Colorado. And I, I believe, Coach, you're, you're down in the sunshine down in Arizona. It's, well, it's Big Ten weather again up here on a Thursday. How are you? <laughs> Well, I don't know what Big Ten weather is, uh, but, but it, it is nice down in spot. 91, a little warm, toasty, but going to cool down and in the sunshine, no question. I'm excited about some uh, Big Ten games this weekend, though. It's, uh, it's been a long time coming. That's the feel. And, you know, it's been one of those sagas, right, where you, you're, you're waiting on good news, you get some good news, and you still got to wait. And, Coach, you've coached a lot of games. You, you've won a lot of big games. This is a season unlike any other. So I want to start off with just what what would your approach be to your team uh, kind of in Nebraska's situation or or even Ohio State's? Put on, on both sides, uh, you know, both sidelines here for a minute, if you could, just how you, how you get into this first one. Well, first of all, you're, you, you have an attitude of gratitude. You're just doggone happy that you can go play football and that people have made the decisions and and worked really hard behind the scenes to allow this to happen. And just be very grateful, both sides, both teams in this case. Um, you know, I hope the fans don't take this season too seriously. I mean, what everybody's had to go to, through and the adjustments that everybody has to has had to make and will have to make as we go through this thing. You know, let's just appreciate college football. And I think I'd, that's what I'd want my team to do. Let's appreciate what we get to do. We'll try our darndest. We'll see what happens. We'll make tough decisions. Some of them will work. Some of them won't. We'll make some mistakes. But we get to play college football. And let's, you know, either side. Ohio State probably is a little more because they really – think that they, they deserve to be in the playoff picture and, and they very well may. Uh, they certainly haven't played a game and haven't dropped the polls yet. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's probably a little more pressure on Ohio State than there is on Nebraska, but oh God, everybody's just got to be thankful and the powers to be allowed it to happen. Gary Barnett's with us. few minutes. Sale Varsity Radio kicking off Thursday. Uh, Nebraska-Ohio State week. And you nailed it. The, the thankfulness that 
is exuding around Big Ten cities to, to have football very real. Uh, fans are excited. There's also uh, some dread in the state. And, you know, aside from the gratitude, you know, what's Saturday going to look like positively, possibly negatively, just because of the reality that's that's a talent gap. And when you had to go up against more talented teams, you, you got to be really good with the X's and O's. And, Coach, uh, when, when it came to game plan in, in, in these type of matchups, how heavy did you go with trying to be unpredictable or did you just try and stick to, to doing what you felt your team could do best? How did you balance that? Well, first game of the year, uh, you don't worry about predictability. You know, it, these games get lost rather than won so many times. And I, I think that's what you've got to ensure with your team. If, if Ohio State wins this game, it's because they beat us, not because we beat ourselves. And, um, you know, don't worry about predictability at this point in time. Do what you can do. Do what you do best. Um, you know, be conservative uh, in most of the calls. We all, we all would make 10 to 20 calls a game. You have no idea which one's going to turn out. So the, the percentages were just, you throw them out the window because you wanted to make these calls. Maybe you play a little more percentage this week. Uh, if you find yourself down in a situation where maybe maybe you you've got the flexibility, the freedom to go ahead and be a little freewheeling, and maybe you'd be freewheeling. But I think it depends on how you approach your kids and how, what you tell them they're going to do. And if you're going to tell them you're going to be freewheeling, then be freewheeling. If you're going to tell them you're going to play it. We're just going to do what we do best, and that's what you do. But uh, uh, at this point in time, you know, it's more about executing, doing your thing, uh, hoping you've got a good game plan, and not beating yourselves with foolish turnovers and foolish mistakes and penalties. You know, the nine and ten penalty games, you just can't have those. And, and that's what I think Nebraska will find themselves in this week in this game. Gary Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. When it came to game planning against a, a really good opponent, how much did you love that? I mean, just just getting the kids ready, yeah, and, and teaching, but just also doing the chess match side of things. Is that something you really got a kick out of? Absolutely. I mean, that's why you're in it, really. Uh, I'm just trying to figure the other guy out. Figure out a game plan that takes away his best plays. Um, you know, causing them some problems, but doing it in such a way that you're very confident, know what you're doing, and if they beat you at your best, they beat you at your best. But make them have to work a little bit and solve some problems. But uh, just being sound. I loved, you know, it was so much more fun um, preparing for somebody like Ohio State than maybe someone who, who was a much lesser opponent. You know, Coach, when it, when it comes to that prep, I'm interested to – to kind of get a, a rundown here on on just what what do you even go off of? I mean, because last year's last year, and where's where's your starting point? I mean, how how would you have gone about your prep? I guess without any any real film <laughs> in, in this season. Well, 
but but you've got all the films from last year. You've got, and that's what you do. You go off last year's film totally. Look at percentages. Those GAs have got everything broken down. They can tell you every play they ran on the left hash inside the twenty yard line, and on first and every situation. It's all there for you. There's patterns. There's things for you to evaluate. You go back and you look at their very first game last year. What is it they? You know, you go into your first game with your best stuff, with the stuff you really know that that's dependable. So go back and look at what they did in the first game, because you know that's how they're going to start their season as well. Um, and you know, and then it's a it's a game of clue, and you know, and everybody has fun doing it. Coach, uh, you know, when you look at the Nebraska offense and, and what Scott Frost did at Central Florida, and you, you've got an experience edge when you just look at some numbers for Nebraska as they head into to Saturday. I'm interested here, you know, where where do you think or what are some steps you're interested in seeing from from the Nebraska offense with, with Martinez and, and maybe McCaffrey and this line? You know, where where – where can you go offensively if you're Nebraska? Well, first of all, you break down. You're doing a breakdown. You've had plenty of time now to look at everything you did a year ago. Everything that went wrong for you, you've examined why it went wrong, what it takes to fix it. Uh, and you, you, you know what got you beat offensively a year ago. And so you, you work at solving those problems. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, and I don't know what it's going to look like. I, you know, if, if the, the turnovers uh, were a problem, then you you find out, you know, what kind of plays the turnovers come from, what situations were interceptions thrown, where they just if they're great plays by the opponent, you don't worry about it. But if there's things that your team could do to have avoided that turnover, then that's the way you approach it, and that's how you start it. Um, like I said, you don't want to lose this game. Uh, you, you, you can afford to get beat, but you don't want to lose it. Coach, uh, with your quarterbacks, you were able to, to start young kids. You were able to get veterans. And, and we talked, I think, last week about the uh, you know making a decision at quarterback. Uh, Adrian is going to get that start. And from a, from a patience standpoint... How uh, how long do you let things go if they're not going well? Maybe they're quarterback decisions. Maybe they're some of the other ten guys not helping out as much. How do you how do you juggle that when you do have McCaffrey sitting there? Well, you, you know, it's first of all, Martinez has got to feel your confidence. He's got to feel Scott's confidence. He's got to feel the team's confidence. And if if the leaving lacking in there, it's going to be an issue. But they've got to feel your confidence going in. And all quarterbacks know that if if they're playing poorly and they're not executing, that the next guy absolutely has the right to play. And you know that going in. I mean, teams, players, coaches, they're all closer than you, you, you can even imagine. And so these things are sort of they're talked about, they're understood, and uh, now it's just a matter of playing with confidence. You're a, you're a Big Ten football player at this point in time. You don't play worrying about the guy looking over your shoulder. You, you, you can't do that. That's for another league. Um, this you play with confidence. You do your stuff. You do your game plan. 
comp your team and your coaches believe in you, go do it. And if you can't, then somebody else is going to get a chance. And that's that's just the way the game goes. Coach, interested, uh, you know, how how would you go about <laughs> trying to, to, to make Justin Fields have a bad day defensively? He is so... So talented, he can run, he can throw. He's got talent around him. So how do you how do you get him to have a bad opener? Uh, well, <laughs> you know, take away what he does best. Yeah, you know, work on that. Make him really work at doing what he does best. Make those other guys beat you. Um, you know, if it's if it's him running, then you, you know you, you force the ball to be handed off. Uh, if, if, if it's, uh, but you mix it up, you have a couple of different, you know, change up in there. So he does in there. So he doesn't get comfortable always doing one thing or the other. You got to have the change up in there. Um, you know, he's a veteran quarterback and, you know, blitzing this guy, um, you got to time it just right. You've got to know when to do it because you, you don't, a veteran guy in the blitz can either beat you with his feet or he's going to beat you in the air. Um, it's the rookies have trouble with that, but the, the veterans now, uh, where they get in a little trouble is when there's so much coverage and so many things that he has to work really hard and be patient at. And, and I think I'm guessing that's what Nebraska's going to try to do. Gary Barnett, couple of minutes left. It's Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, a, a good weekend of games. Are you uh, are you are you gearing up? Do you have plans to watch Nebraska Ohio State, or are you going to be kind of surfing? Uh, no, I'm I'm going to start with that. That's an early game. I'm I'm going to do the Illinois Wisconsin game Friday night as well. I you know I've got to watch them all. It's a it's a good rundown. You know after conferences, that thing's all sort of settled out. So you'd like to you'd like to have some games where you don't really know how good everybody is yet. And that's what the Big Ten offers this week. And in two weeks we'll get that with the Pac-12. But you know, you've almost doubled the number of good quality games to watch this weekend by just starting with a big team. So, are you doing a little little a little brunch deal, or are you going straight to hot dogs? Uh, no, no, no. I'm doing wings on the on the I mean on the smoker side. Ooh, so. well, good good for you. So, there's another vote. So guacamole in the afternoon, some wings in the evening. You got it made. Okay, so Minnesota uh, hosting Michigan. How you feeling about that one? I think it's the best game of the weekend, to tell you the truth. And, uh, you know, I think Minnesota beats Michigan. I, I think the combination of Morgan and uh, Bateman, I mean, they're good. Minnesota's a good football team. And uh, they, they, they don't have all the controversy there that you have in Michigan all the time. I, I mean, I think Minnesota legitimately wins this game. Dangerous game for Penn State and Indiana. I like uh, Coach Allen. He's got some skilled guys, but they play some defense. A lot of expectations for Penn State. That's a scary game, I think, for Penn State. Uh, enough point spread. Uh, you, you know, I still think you've got more athletes at Penn State. Uh, you got a veteran coach. Uh, I think they probably six and a half is, you know, maybe just about. I mean, that, if you if you stay within six and a half, you're in the end. You're going pretty good. So, I, I think that's about right. What about Iowa State, Oklahoma State? What uh, what's your feel for that one? Well, I just had to make a twenty dollar wager on that one. I think Oklahoma State only giving up nine points a game. Uh, you know, Iowa State can run the football. They're good. 
Ohio, uh, Oklahoma State struggled a little bit at quarterback. But it's a three-and-a-half-point spread. So I think OSU wins by more than that. Okay, so you, you got, uh, you, you're you given the points. You like the Cowboys. And, and yep. just 20? <laughs> I'm on a fixed income. I'm retired. All right, buddy. I so. just I was just asking <laughs> if that was a confidence thing or that's the that's the story that's the that's the standard. Uh, uh, that's the max right ah. there. That's confidence. That's as much as I own. That's good. Notre Dame. They uh, they really didn't look good last weekend against Louisville. They're at Pitt, and I know Pitt's kind of been in and out of the rankings. Is this a potential upset for the Irish? I don't think so. Let me just maybe, maybe on the spread, but uh, not not the game itself. The game itself, Notre Dame's going to win this. Pitt, Pitt, yeah, you don't know who they are. I mean, they 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 could beat anybody one weekend and lose to anybody the next weekend, and who knows? But I, I think Notre Dame's just got a lot going for it right now. Gary Barnett, coach, have a great weekend. Enjoy that guac and those wings. Thanks for the time. You got it, Chris. Later. Take care, Gary Barnett. With us, Brandon Vogel will get uh, with us here next on Hale Varsity. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Good stuff from Gary Barnett. Kicked us off. He was getting done with a little golf. And he is smoking wings this weekend. And then guacamole in the afternoon. And then more wings later. We welcome in Brandon Vogel, managing editor, HaleVarsity.com and magazine. And we're going to see if we're going to go two for two on wings. I know that was popular this last weekend with the folks I was running with. Vogues, what's what's your game day spread now that we have football back? How are you? I'm doing well. Um, I'm uh, anticipating. I don't think I've ever actually talked about this one on the show before. So some novelty here. I'm anticipating some sort of power bar or two uh, in the Ohio State press box. So you you did make it okay. You so a power bar in Columbus. I I thought you were going. I didn't want to say, hey, how's Columbus? I, so good. You're going to be there. But are, is there is there a safe place you can find Friday night? As because we'll check in with you Saturday morning. You know that you're like, oh great, sweet. Um, <laughs> but but where's you've been to Columbus a lot. So what, where are you gonna gonna hang out safely? Of course, or are you just staying in your room? Uh, that seems the most likely. We've got uh, we got Wisconsin, uh, Iowa, so I'm sure I'm sure Scott Frost and staff will want my advanced scouting report uh, from from watching that game in my my hotel room. I mean, Columbus is a nice city. Like I, I like it there, and there's there's some really intriguing options. Um, but that's it's going to be a little bit of game time decision, uh, and a little bit based on uh, what's open. That's true. And uh, let's talk a little bit here. And I want folks to check out you've got spotify and apple those platforms to check out uh just an awesome podcast vogues it was wonderful i listened to it the, this afternoon the i-80 preview podcast before we dive into nebraska ohio state your breakdown's phenomenal you do the uh, the three-step plan here uh to, to try and lay it out for nebraska but uh, you've done so many radio hits over the years for me and in other stations and networks so you're not a stranger to, to talking and knowing what you're talking about but you got to smile about this a little bit man the podcast has been a long time in waiting and it's your own uh i, I love it man uh, thank, thank you i appreciate that um if i had to boil it down it's uh 
it's me talking about all of this kind of football dorky stuff in my uh, <laughs> traditional, pretty monotone, flat tone. Um, that that might be a signature. Uh, so so hopefully people like it. You know, I, I really enjoy the process of of digging into these games. And this is kind of a new way to do that. You know, I've written a lot of game previews over the years. I've written a lot of team previews in, in the Hale Varsity yearbook. And it's just, it's it's something that clicks with me. It, it, it's kind of a puzzle to, to try and figure out. Um, and, and, and I like doing that. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to have the opportunity to uh, try that out podcast. Well, spoiler alert, you open out of the gates with some high praise from Urban Meyer. Uh, about Nebraska, and to, to to start us off, how are you looking at Saturday? And I thought what Coach Barnett said was, was true, and I hope it stays with fans because it can shift, right? When things don't go well, you get frustrated. But, you know, his take was attitude of gratitude, and specifically with that, don't take this season too seriously because it's so screwed up. And in, in that that means there can be some up and down weeks because it's not your norm and it's it's a it's a monster march with no bye weeks and it's all Big Ten. But when it comes to that step in ascension, I, you know I think Saturday could tell us a lot. Just okay, you know how how far away is Nebraska talent wise, literally on the field, and then two, what do they do with the the lesson? Uh, and the experience Saturday for future big games because Nebraska's got a lot of them based on their schedule. Yeah, they they do, and I think as we as we get closer to this season keep kicking off, I, I've, I'm kind of landing at a spot here to, to, to play off with what, what Coach Barnett said a little bit. Is I, I, you almost have to look at this, I think, as as kind of a three year stretch. So you know, last year we know Nebraska had a lot of expectations. Uh, didn't take the leap that they wanted to. This year, um, they were in a pretty good spot. You know, take back to February with just the amount of uh, returning production that they had uh, would lead you to think they're going to be better. Now, I, I think that can still be the case this year. I think Nebraska will be better uh, than it was a year ago. But but what's that look like with a, you know, nine-game conference-only schedule? It may not look better than, you know, four and five or, or five and four. But even before, like, the eligibility decision, you know, Nebraska was still poised to bring back quite a bit the following year, too. So if there's, you know, a zoom out um, and, and big picture here, Nebraska going to has the opportunity to be pretty steady from last year to this year to, to next year. And, and who knows, you know, offseason get crazy, players leave for, for various reasons. But based on what we know now, there's going to be some longevity to this team that I think will show, start to show up this year. Uh, it has the potential to show up even next year. Vogues, uh, the, and we'll hear from Scott Frost in about 15 minutes, but you know, if, as you look at the, the matchups and the rundowns, and, and Nebraska does have some experience, I know you do a great job of highlighting you know, what advantages Nebraska has going into Saturday. And give me one position group you're intrigued by and you think can maybe make a dent. Give me a player or position group. I don't care either way. But who do you think could be big Saturday to keeping this thing uh, entertaining? 
Yeah, uh, on, on the offensive side, I, I would, I, my thought immediately goes to the offensive line. Uh, I think that's a group with a high ceiling. Look, if you just stack up recruiting stars by position between Nebraska and Ohio State, uh, Nebraska's going to lose that battle every time. And that's, that's true of every team in the Big Ten right now. Uh, but you know, Ohio State, extremely talented up front, pretty green up front, uh, relatively speaking. And, you know, Traditionally, it doesn't matter a ton. They just kind of roll guys through. Um, guys who are already really good and will end up being even better. But that's, I think that's where you start if you're, if you're Nebraska in terms of trying to attack this. Let's, let's test out the uh, offensive or defensive line that, that lost some guys and, and see what you can do if you truly feel that offensive line is, is one of your best weapons this year. And I think it has a great chance to, to do that. Ohio State's also a little bit green in the secondary <laughs> they might be even better uh if this is hard to believe that, that turning out defensive backs as as they are defensive linemen but that's another one and and i think that might come down to the tight ends i'm a little bit wary of, of where nebraska's at uh wide receiver wise going into this one you know it doesn't sound like omar manning's available uh you're going to be pretty pretty young at that spot um but if you can lean on your tight ends, particularly if the run game's working, uh, that could be a viable way forward. Ask those those young DBs, but talented, uh, to keep their eyes right and, and defend the whole field. You know, I envision uh, a lot of over-the-middle dig routes or shallow crosses from Wandale. He's he's a known quantity you have. He is He's a dude that could play at Ohio State. So when you look at, at similar athletes and trying to match up your best dude versus their guys, hell, do you give like Wandale 13 touches a quarter? I mean, is that excessive? Kind of, kind of joke. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 would, that would qualify as excessive. Um, I think by the Geneva Convention. I don't know. You'll have to look it up to see if, uh, see if that's actually in there. Um, I mean, it's going to be interesting. And that's why, you know, Nebraska needs, uh, whether it be a tight end, whether it be a Cade Warner or – a Levi Falk or, or some other receiver, it needs somebody to to relieve what what has the potential to be pretty big pressure on Wandale. Nebraska will be creative. Uh, it, that's never a problem for this offense, and we'll find ways to get him the ball. But you know, if you're just looking at that roster right now, you're like, okay, O line's experienced. Cedric Mills had a strong finish season. Adrian Martinez is, of course, dangerous as a runner. Uh, you look at that wide receiver group and you say, okay, number one's the guy. we got to know where he's at, and Nebraska will move them all around. But you get beyond that, and it, it's tough to say who that guy is right now. And I think Nebraska needs somebody to to develop in that role pretty quickly this year. Uh, the, the first half of the schedule is certainly not forgiving. So they're going to need somebody who can at least uh, take advantage of what teams are giving up if they put a little extra focus on Robinson. Brandon Vogels with us, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine Managing Editor. And uh, please check out his podcast, the I-80 Preview Podcast. That's on the uh, Herd at Media uh, site. And, of course, it is going to be on Spotify and, uh, of course, iTunes. So get that subscription to it. It doesn't cost you anything. It's just fantastic insight. So, Vogels, uh, do you dedicate a, an extra man down in the dirt on the defensive line. I know the 3-4 and the Nebraska defense is supposed to be attacking and they want to take aways and they want to get after the quarterback. And I love the aggressive mentality, but truth has been you've not stopped much run game when it comes to Ohio State, when it comes to uh, Minnesota last year, Iowa and Wisconsin. So 
do you stay in your base with this 3-4 and just hope, okay, because you're bigger and stronger, it's better? Or do you switch it up here and go with more of an even man look? Do you, do you devote more resources and just pray that you can, can, can live right from time to time on the outside? Yeah, I mean, I think you you have to allow for for that potential with just a, a little bit of the extra time, even in those you know twelve hour weeks that Nebraska had. Coach Ross has mentioned that a couple of times. How he's like, I feel like we've been practicing for a long time. Uh, so maybe you build in one of those wrinkles. I think you know some of that will depend on what kind of outside linebacker play Nebraska's going to get. That's probably one of the bigger mysteries. I think when you look at the defense as a whole. If you feel like you're ready to go there and you're you're okay, um, maybe you can get away with the three four. I mean, I think the simpler you can keep it against a team like Ohio State, the, the better off you are. And the Buckeyes, you know, it, it's tough to not let Justin Fields throw the ball. Um, and I, I, of course, they're they're not going to say don't throw the ball at all. But mm-hmm. I just I, I I don't see with a guy like that behind center who threw I think 41 touchdowns and three interceptions last year. Um, Ohio State being like, well, we're just going to commit to the run, and and that's what we're going to do in game one. So it's 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 this way with Ohio State at every position at every level. It's uh, it's it's pick your poison. Vogue's about forty seconds. Uh, Luke McCaffrey's impact is what Saturday? I think we'll see him. Um, a, a lot of that will depend on on how the game goes. I mean, I think even if the game's you know going well for Nebraska and they're in it. Um, then you still could see him in, in some fashion. I, I don't know quite what that looks like. It's, you know, it's hard to say. Like, you don't line him up a running back. I mean, there's an injury concern with that, too. Maybe you put him in the slot, and maybe you can motion him into the backfield and, and have some fun with that. But I don't think that'll be a, a regular piece of, of the offense this season. All right, Brandon Vogel with us, HailVarsity.com. Vogues, get your uh, prediction hat on for Saturday. We'll check in with you from Columbus. Thanks for your time. Sounds good. Thank you. Right. There he is, Brandon Vogel, I-80 podcast. Get that downloaded to you. We'll wind down uh, this first hour. It's Hale Varsity. More from Scott Frost on the way. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Damon Barr. is uh, Bill Bender, Sporting News. Got it up a little bit after five and then... Dave Biddle, Bucknuts.com. Get a rundown of the uh, showdown, Nebraska, Ohio State. We are on the road tomorrow. Excited. Kincader Brewing. Roadshow Friday down in the Haymarket, just south of the rail yard. Kincader, uh, just phenomenal folks. They've got the Hail Ale. We uh, told you about that's been canned, and you can go get it at a lot of spots. High V, of course, and for sure, get to get yourself a hail ale. Come see us tomorrow, four to six, and uh, then of course uh, a weekend edition down in the rail yard, getting you ready for the game on the cube in the rail yard. Uh, we get things going seven to nine weekend edition. Myself and Cranach, and then Ohio State real red reaction follows immediately. And you know, I'm kind of up in the air with uh, prediction. We'll we'll have some of those tomorrow. I think this thing could be. Closer than expected, probably a cover. That's where I'm ready to go on Thursday right now. I loved, and listen, maybe I'm I'm reading too much into things. Maybe I'm too optimistic. I'm too giddy that football's here. But I I just like 
Coach Frost's demeanor, and there's been Thursday sessions or moments where, you know, a coach is either not real interested in, in doing a media session, and that's cool that they do those, okay? But I just felt like there was some peace with just, again, way too overreactive on my part probably, but just watching him today, it felt like he felt okay. Just go play. Go play. And, and I love what, what Barnett said, go be freewheeling if you're going to be freewheeling. But fully anticipate a, a attitude of let's just go play ball, let's run the football if you're Nebraska, let's get some play action going. And as good as Ohio State is, I would be surprised if they were full tilt from kickoff. They are like everybody else in the instance where you have had to juggle emotions and focus, and yes, you've pushed hard to play. But but youth and inexperience is youth and inexperience. The difference is some of these guys have a, 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 a head start out of the gate because of their skill and, and intelligence and athleticism. Ohio State gets high football IQ guys. They get guys that can already run and change direction and and recover if they do make a misstep. So and you saw that case in point last year where there were some some moments Nebraska had a chance to to hit Ohio State and Jeff Okuda recovered and picked the ball off, you know, a, a handful of times. So let's hear from Scott Frost. One player to watch. How's how's his first rodeo gonna be? And Good kid, really, really talented. Bryce Benhart, redshirted last year, got got some time in action, and uh, he's a big all right tackle, a big get for Nebraska on the recruiting trail, and he's going up against that that front beast of Ohio State. And uh, here is Scott Frost kicking things off a, a little bit more detail here with Benhart and and how things have progressed for him from camp to his first career start Saturday in the shoe. We have a number of, number of young guys that um, have been pushing forward, trying to earn a job. You know, we kind of uh, threw Bryce into the deep end and put him in with the ones and let him kind of learn on the fly here. We've had a lot of practices. Um, so, uh, you know, he's probably certainly not going to be playing as well as he's going to be three or four years from now, but we feel good about where he is. Uh, really talented kid. I um, think he's pretty confident right now. So he's going to get tested playing the, the type of team we're playing in week one, but um, he's going to be a really good player around here. You are starting off arguably with the best if you're Nebraska. What you're going to see as, as an offensive line unit against a front seven, what you're going to see in the secondary if you're the Nebraska wide receivers, if you're Adrian, if you're Luke, and then flip it around, what you're going to see – as guys you've been waiting on to kind of pop on that defensive line at outside linebacker. You've got a couple of vets at inside backer. And there's a lot you haven't there's not a lot you haven't seen with Nebraska's secondary. And you've got a couple of guys in that secondary for Nebraska that are ball hawks that man, they wanna go play a high level game against a, a an awesome opponent. Cam Taylor Britt's that type of dude that is he loves these games. He's an uber competitor, and, and he'll be a really good guy that sets the pace and the tone for Nebraska. And, and from a from a from just a, a mentality and leadership standpoint, I think he can stay positive, even if things aren't, aren't going well. I, I just haven't seen a Cam Taylor-Britt really 
the results haven't always gone the way he's wanted, clearly. But I've never seen him really hang his head. I think he's a positive guy. And then you've got a dude in, in Deontay Williams that it just had to kill him being injured last year. You got both those guys that can go get takeaways for you. And the longer this thing potentially can have Nebraska hang around, it will hinge on on what type of takeaways you can get if you get them and really what, what's Ohio State look like on first down running the football. And what do you minimize? You're going to get stung. You're going to get hit. They're going to hit some big plays. Can Nebraska turn that around on a defense that's that's talented but inexperienced? And, and they may not be full force game one out of the gate. I'd be surprised. If, if guys like Bama struggle and by game two or three they're settling in to be really good, again, the, the benefit of Nebraska opening – with Ohio State is just that. They aren't going to be as great as they're supposed to be out of the gate. Now, how good can Nebraska be uh, soon? Let's talk a little bit here about the mindset, the, the no fear of failure. And and I really, truly think Nebraska, you had the, the pressure and expectation last year. You had the wackiness to year one. You've seen Ohio State twice. You've had mixed results twice. So can this team go in confident and really not scared. And it sounds to me from Coach Frost here earlier today that this team's kind of settling in to a mentality of, you know, there's respect but but not fear. And there's there's really uh, not a lot of, of, of anxiousness about Saturday other than to, hey, let's go play football. Finally, it's here. I feel good about us from that standpoint. Uh, the guys are, are excited about the challenge. Listen, we could complain a lot about a lot of things. Our guys are just excited they're going to be playing. But they, they know the test in front of them. Uh, so I, I'm anxious to see their response when inevitably Ohio State makes a play or two on us, um, hits us in the mouth, scores on us, whatever happens. Um, I want to see a bunch of guys that don't like that but aren't afraid of the next play and go out and continue to try to make great plays. That's all we can do. And I, I feel good about that, but... Um, we also have to respond the right way during the game. That's so key. And there's been instances where Nebraska has not responded the right way. Part of that is just the, the natural progression as a football program under new leadership. That's experience and confidence. That's training. And that's being in situations where you go close out a tight game. And, and you've had too many too few instances here at Nebraska the last 2 years where you know people talk about Frost's record of 9 and 16 and that verily very easily could be flipped or closer to 500 because of their 3 and 9 mark in close games i know the the, the lines for touchdowns but this is a building block game against exquisite talent that You're going to match up better with a lot of teams on your schedule. What do you take from Saturday? We'll wind down Hour 1 at Tail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Bill Bender's 10 minutes away. Don't uh, forget Kincader Brewing tomorrow, 4 to 6, Roadshow Friday down in the hay market just south of the rail yard. Get yourself some hail ale and enjoy all sorts of safe and effective distancing. 
But yeah, man, get your weekend kicked off. Football's here, and it's Nebraska-Ohio State. We'll hear from Scott Frost. A couple of closing thoughts, some emails to get into. You can join us at 466-377-6800-825-5865. We, we just dove right in today. Uh, Gary Barnett went uh, early. Brandon Vogel was with us. And Bill Bender is next. And then Dave Biddle, Bucknuts, will get his take on, on you know, Ryan Day. It's not really – it's nice to be able to follow a legend like Urban Meyer. You're set up for a hell of a lot of failure, potentially. But Day's been uh, been pretty big time. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt at Damon Barr. That's two R's for Damon. And uh, email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. So let's get an update. Uh, with kicking, Culp has won the uh, the kicking the the place kicking gig. Um, Pristop is is the is the punter, and uh, I think you know you look at Cherney, our buddy from Australia. He's been dinged, so Pristop is is getting the nod. But uh, you have Cherney that will still be in competition for that gig uh, once he once he gets healthy. Omar Manning. Uh, topic of conversation what's likely for him don't know that we see him here's more from Scott Frost yeah we're still working through that um, you know Omar's had a few setbacks too uh, feel good about his progress don't know if we'll we'll have him this week or not but uh, hopefully it won't be very long so if you're looking at the wide receiver group and what do you have you've got Wandale you've got Warner uh, what else you do have uh, some of those young pups Houston and, and some of the other uh, recruits, but uh, is it uh, Levi that, that steps up uh, and, and makes some plays for you if you're Nebraska? Or can you lean on some of your tight ends in the passing game? And I bring that up because you've got a young Ohio State defense. You've got four starters back. You've got a secondary that's good but getting rebuilt. So can you get some of your tight ends open like you did two years ago? Austin Allen was money. Big gash play to help momentum momentum keep wearing red and white for Nebraska. And Austin Allen's had a really good camp. You've got Vocalek that, that can play some ball. And, of course, you got Stoll. So I would I would lean on some of my tight ends along with the, the safety net of, of a Warner and the explosiveness of a Wandale. You can make things happen. Uh, without what you what you have known with some of the whiteouts, uh, do we have time for the whiteout? Yeah, let's let's get Scott's take on the whiteouts here for Saturday. I think they could all go in the game. Um, you know, there's very various degrees of being ready. You're ready to run some of the plays. You're ready to operate efficiently in some of them or all of them or somewhere in between. Certainly, a lot of new guys that we're trying to bring along. Uh, Lante Brown uh, has done really good things. Marcus Fleming, Xavier. Bets um, and others. You know, we're going to have to just use a mix of all those uh, new guys as much as they're ready with some of the veterans that have been in the program longer. Well, some of the young guys who do travel could get a look. What do you know and what can you go execute? Bill Bender, Sporting News, lots of college football thoughts, Nebraska, Ohio State, Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. 
College football kicking off hour two. Bill Bender, the sporting news back with us at Bill Bender 92. Bill, it's Big Ten weekend. How cool is that to say? I know you're excited about it and uh, a lot of games to get into. You know, I want to start off, Bill, and, and just jump in. If you were to, to, to bet the field or Ohio State, how are you leaning here as we're uh, two days from kickoff? I'd probably take Ohio State. It's hard not to. I mean, if you lose, it means that we had some excitement in the Big Ten. You know, they, they've actually plowed through the league three straight years, and they've looked pretty good doing it. So it's hard to pick anybody else. I think uh, Buckeyes have a ton of talent, good quarterback, good group of receivers. I mean, defense, difference makers. I mean, that's that's one thing I look at, Chris. They have a difference maker at every position group. And how many Big Ten teams can actually say that? Very few. And and those that do, some of them have opted out. And that's just the thing. And that's my question uh, when it comes to to Ohio State this year. They are going to be really good. Do they get scared? Do they survive a scare just because of the uncertainty of 2020? We know how good the quarterback is. I know they're re, retooled defensively. What's that 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 uh, timeline, that learning curve for the for the next future NFL guys? And and I think the offensive line is going to be so so talented for Ohio State. What what are you? intrigued about for Saturday and I've kind of gone back and forth with the Nebraska-Ohio State game uh, because of the newness with Ohio State. I can see Nebraska and some of their veteran parts offensively doing some nice things. I'm not sure that Nebraska's defense is ready to stop uh, Ohio State, someone that caliber, but I think this could be pretty fairly high scoring and Nebraska could get out of there not completely embarrassed a la 62-3 to but I don't know that it's going to be as tight as, let's say, 2018. Do you have a, a feel at all with how this thing might shake out? I mean, yeah, that's that's it. I mean, the first game jitters, you just don't know. I mean, they're going to have a tough time handling everything Ohio State offers on offense, starting with fields, good running game with Trey Sermon, others. The best thing I've heard about Ohio State offense is this receiving group with Garrett Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um Chris Olave, uh, just Julian Fleming, stud freshman. I mean, they're going to be tough to stop on that side of the ball. I mean, like you said, I mean, with first game jitters, there could be a defensive breakdown here or there. Um, and it could get pushed into a high-scoring game. But I don't know if Nebraska wants that because eventually, you know, when you get in one of those, it could get a little too wild and then it gets out of control. Bill Bender's with his sporting news. Hale Varsity Radio talking Nebraska, Ohio State. You know, what? what's a – we talked about this earlier in the week, but, you know, what What does success look like for Nebraska? And and to me, it's, it's just having a sound plan, the execution side of things. You've got some vets. When you look at Nebraska, what, um, what does success look like? Is it – covering i mean what's uh what's what's okay for nebraska moving forward not many folks if any outside the the memorial stadium wall uh giving themselves a chance to do much on saturday well i think you know keeping it they played a tight game in columbus two years ago they could put themselves in that position it'd be more than a win and mm-hmm. it felt like a win when they did that a couple of years ago here at the shoe um and i think there was a you know a special teams miscue and then it, it kind of balloon from there but I think that's the the mindset they got to have to beat Ohio State you have to go in there your quarterback has to play lights out can't turn the ball over and I mean I would say 
just from a lot of games in that stadium, watch that second quarter. Because, I mean, the emotions will be high in the first quarter. You can't get a, let it get away in the second quarter because that's when Ohio State really knocked out opponents last season. Bill Bender's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. You know, from a contention standpoint, where are you at with Nebraska in this West landscape? What are your thoughts as you look at it from a national view? You know, is Nebraska the contender? Are they just on that next tier of contention, or is the West so wide open in a weird year? Yeah, they are. Where, where are you at here as you kind of peg Nebraska in this 2020 season schedule and all? Probably on that bridge between the teams, I think, that won't compete, and that's Illinois and Purdue. And um, Northwestern's probably got their feet on that bridge as well, depending on their transfer quarterback. But, I mean, it's for Nebraska, it's showing you can beat Iowa, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. I mean, that, those are the three teams that Wisconsin still, would, to me, would be the prohibitive favorite. Uh, I know they got some new faces at quarterback, a couple things there. Minnesota's got an interesting opportunity against Michigan, but I'm kind of leaning the other way. I think the Wolverines will take care of business in that game. And then uh, Iowa, you know, transition year with a new quarterback, controversial offseason. So it's on Nebraska to get off that bridge and, and get into that top half of the division and and start competing with those three so they can see if they can win one. Bill, the, the maddening thing about Nebraska has been they've, they've been right there against Iowa. They've moved the ball well against Wisconsin, and they're one and one against Minnesota, but just got just pulverized last year. We were we were at that game, and, you know, what, what does this, this new year look? And I think Nebraska's more Big Ten ready with their body types, with the, the understanding you've had two years in the league to, to just get it with Frost and his staff. But, you know, I, I'm interested to see um, just how you can coach better execute better and then finish games because you're going to have three or four games in a typical year that are that are one maybe four or more one possession games but now there's no break it's it's a sprint but you've got uh you've got weights on your back because of who you're playing you just really can't ease into it um adrian martinez uh and of course luke mccaffrey the quarterback situation in lincoln uh any anticipation from you as to how how adrian kind of goes into this third year what are you you interested in seeing i mean the pressure's on to be better yeah to have a bounce back but the other side of that too though is the option where there is an alternative if if things aren't going the way you want with your offense if you're scott frost yeah i mean adrian set the bar pretty high as a freshman he's an exciting player had some moments um and and you know it's just been injuries and effectiveness and inconsistency ever since so yeah it's a big season for him and, and like you said having somebody behind him to keep that pressure on sometimes that works out for the best and brings out the best in a quarterback and that's what nebraska has to hope in this situation um again he's going to be up against a pretty tough defense i know they lost chase young i know they lost jeff okuda but they still have guys like sean wade they have some good linebackers uh, zach harrison the guy they're excited about in the pass rush and you'll be able to spot him right away. He's a big dude. So they've got some guys on that side of the ball. So uh, Martinez is going to have to get the ball off on time. Let's talk Iowa for a second. And Bill Bender's with us. Hail Varsity Radio Sporting News at Bill Bender 92. You know, is this uh, a swan song here for for Coach Ferentz? You mentioned the offseason. You've got transition. Is this fair to say, okay, this might be it for him or – do you have any gauge at all? I think Iowa could be really good. I know they've got to replace a lot. 
Yeah, they've got a good team. But, um, you know, losing Stanley, new quarterback, um, same kind of program. You know, you know what to expect from them. So we'll see how solid they are. And, uh, you know, they did win 10 games last year. And I think that, when you tell people that, it, they might be stunned to hear it because of all the things that happened in the offseason and the things that have gone wrong since. But, you know, they're going to be the same solid team that you can't take a week off and play Iowa. I don't know that they're good enough to win the division. Some some people do. Um, but to me, it's really Minnesota and Wisconsin are probably the more uh, the teams that have more firepower, firepower. I say that knowing that you know Iowa kind of took it to Minnesota when they played last season. Encore. Do you get an encore from Fleck and this gopher crew? I, I mean, the quarterback's money, Bateman's back, running game, offensive line, and what Fleck did to flip that, that uh, roster and have it pop like they did in year three, super impressive. The momentum's there. Is Minnesota at the same level this year, or do they step back? I mean, we're going to find out Saturday, uh, you know, if they're will, able, willing and able to – compete with the kind of Big Ten East Beast like Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. Um, you know, I think P.J., like you said, has done a good job flipping that roster. They've got good skill position players, good quarterback Tanner Morgan, good receiver in Rashad Bateman, but, you know, I mean, they haven't played a lot of ranked teams. They have I think like three and three and five or two and mm-hmm. five against ranked teams, and that's where it makes a difference playing in the West. They don't have as many of the challenges. I mean, we saw what Wisconsin did to them last year. We saw what Iowa did to them last year. Despite that big win against Penn State, I think there's still a lot of questions about whether Minnesota can do it consistently. Let's go to Michigan here. And as you've uh, covered uh, the Big Ten and you look at Harbaugh and just the the hype around him and I mean Michigan's been you know eight, nine, ten win team. They've recruited well. They just haven't conquered. Ohio State, they've been dominated by Ohio State, and they've lost a heartbreaker or or two to Ohio State. Is this a, a big year for Harbaugh? And I'm not saying that that he would get ousted, but you know that whole topic that swirls around is is he really a college guy or does he go back to the NFL? That whole talking point here. How how important is this season for Harbaugh with just that 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 talking uh, point of you know is he is he in it for the long haul with with the college game? He's done everything but beat Ohio State. I mean, I, there really is nothing else that he needs to do. I mean, they've beat, they've taken control of the in-state rivalry with Michigan State. They've they have a winning record against Wisconsin and Penn State. Yeah, I mean they're five and four against those two. So it's not like those programs are better. Um, and they they they're eight and three against teams that are outside of the top ten and ranked, and that's why I think they're going to beat Minnesota because they've got a pretty decent track record in those games. It's the it's all about Ohio State, and nobody's beating Ohio State in the Big Ten, but Michigan feels that brunt more than anybody else, and it's not even close. And and part of that's magnified by the fact that Ohio State's destroyed them the last two years. So I, I think it, it's he's going to have to recruit better if they're going to catch Ohio State. He wasn't hired for all that money to beat Michigan State, Wisconsin, and Penn State. He was hired to close the gap with Ohio State, and that gap's probably actually widened a little bit. Penn State, you got a feel on on James Franklin's crew? Or are they the challenger to Ohio State? Well, they've had some setbacks. I mean, not having Michael Parsons, not having losing Journey Brown, a really good running back for uh, the rest of the year. Um, that's hurts because he was a game breaker. They do have some depth at that position. Having a whiteout next week, 
play on Halloween and play Ohio State and have this big game. Um, it's going to be tough. So I, I don't. I don't think they're going to beat Ohio State, but I, I just think they fall in that same boat as Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and everybody else where you got to prove it on the field. And I don't know, especially without Parsons and Journey Brown, if they can do it. Now, they could prove me wrong next week, but I think it would have been a, little, a lot easier to prove us wrong <laughs> if they had 100,000 fans in that stadium to do it, and they're just not going to have that either. Bill, uh, a thought here. What what Bama show you last weekend? Um. <laughs> that had been shown after 13 years, I suppose. Uh, big game. Uh, you know, that game was over when Jalen Waddle cut a 90-yard touchdown. It was like, That was a ball game because they forced Stetson Bennett into some bad throws after that. Defense stepped up. Um, it's a good football team. That, that Clemson, to me, the teams that have been on the field, there's a clear separation from Clemson and Alabama and everybody else in the country. And that's not a new development for any of us that have follow college football yourself included but uh i think it's more stark than ever at this point bill bender with his sporting news at bill bender 92 bill couple last thoughts let's go nfl you're wearing the gm hat would you go in on ab anthony uh, antonio brown well uh, well if you let me take off the gm be a fan for a second as a packers fan i don't want him i think that would <laughs> yeah. potential distraction disruption in the locker room i know he's talented um has to be the right coach. I mean, I do think Seattle could probably make that work with Pete Carroll. Um, I don't know if it could happen in Green Bay. I mean, I go back to last year when he was on the field. He actually wasn't bad for the Patriots, but they released him within a week. So, I mean, obviously there's a lot of talent there, but there is a lot that comes with it. And uh, for some teams that are winning, I don't know if it's worth disrupting that uh, locker room chemistry if you have that, if you believe in that sort of thing, which I do. I, I agree with you, too, but I think your point about Pete Carroll being potentially that right coach, uh, you get Russell another weapon with Metcalf. I mean, this could be the year for Seattle to, to get back to the Super Bowl. What's Le'Veon do for an already amazing Kansas City? I mean, from a role standpoint, you want to talk about feeling like you just got out of jail. You go from the Jets to the Chiefs. How, how quickly can, can Le'Veon make an impact with Kansas City, in your opinion? Well, I mean, probably soon. It'll be interesting to see how they divvy up the carries with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's a, the exact same thing in some ways. I mean, Le'Veon comes with a lot, not as much as Antonio Brown, but you put him on a successful team like he was in Pittsburgh, and he'll do the right thing. So, yeah, Kansas City adds another weapon. Um, if Seattle signs Antonio Brown, even though I am a Packers fan, it's hard not to see a Super Bowl where it would be Kansas City and Seattle, and, and that would be tough for Steelers fans to watch for sure. Finally, uh, would you have made the move to go with Tua over Fitz? I don't know that I would have. I, I mean, I knew they were going to eventually, but the timing's a little off. Dolphins were uh, playing pretty well with Fitz, and he's had some nice runs as a starter, He's uh, and he's playing well. So it is an interesting move. But, I mean, I guess it's the bye week. It's the time to do it. It's to give him two full weeks of prep to play. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Fitzpatrick plays some more this season with that team. Bill Bender, talking football, sporting news at Bill Bender 92. Bill, take care. Thanks for an extended sit down. It's always great to chat and awesome that football's back. We'll get caught up soon. Thanks again. Hey, no problem, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Got to love it. Bill Bender, sporting news, thoughts on Ohio State, Nebraska, the Big Ten weekend. 
More from Columbus, Dave Biddle, Bucknuts, 24-7, and longtime Ohio State insider. His take on Nebraska as we get you ready for Ohio State, Nebraska. Hail Varsity continues. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome. Well, Buckeyes Husker Talk, we welcome in uh, Dave Biddle, Buckeye Insider, part of the CBS Sports Network, 24-7 Sports, at Dave Biddle on Twitter. And Dave, uh, football finally upon us. It's drug on, and there's been back and forth. And I know we spoke a couple of weeks ago. It's almost finally here, here man. How are you doing? How's uh, How are the Buckeye fans feeling here as kickoff nears? Feeling fantastic. I'm sure it's the same way the Cornhusker fans are feeling, that it's unbelievable that it's two days from now. It still is a very surreal feeling, and it's going to be so good seeing those two teams out there in the horseshoe on Saturday. I mean, it's just going to be so soothing to see real college football, real Big Ten football, when at one point it looked like it was just not going to happen, um, even if you're the most optimistic person. And for a while, I was very optimistic we would have a season. And then at one point, Chris, I gave up all hope. Um, and then, you know, and, you know, due in large part, almost in all part, to Nebraska and Ohio State. Uh, and obviously there were some medical advancements too, but I think the Big Ten at their press conference when they you know, reinstalled the season, I, they downplayed the backlash and the lawsuit, you know, the lawsuit from Nebraska and the backlash from everywhere. But it was Nebraska and Ohio State leading the charge and it uh, feels so good that we're two days away from kickoff. Dave, what, what is this? Is you've covered Ohio State over the years. You've seen the great teams. You've seen some teams underachieve. And then you see a team that, in my estimation, super hungry. There's an edge. They're ticked off. They're ticked off. They've had to wait. They're ticked off that they almost didn't get football. So how does that translate to the field? What are you expecting from this 2020 Ohio State team? Yeah, I think their offense could be even better than last year. In fact, they'll be disappointed if it's not better. And they had the number four total offense in the country last year, number three scoring offense, and they feel like they're going to be better. Losing J.K. Dobbins will hurt, but they're going to replace him with running back by committee. And then everywhere else is stronger. Even you have to think Justin Fields in year two. Um, and he was just a first-year starter last year, period, in college football, let alone first year at Ohio State, first year under the Ryan Day offense. So you look at Ryan Day, does a great job you know, scheming up an offense and calling plays. He's got his quarterback. They've got one of the best offensive lines we've seen here in Columbus in a long time. Really good receiving core. And again, that uh, running back by committee led by Trey Sermon, the transfer from Oklahoma, and Master Teague, who was the backup to J.K. Dobbins last year. Then on the defensive side of the ball, I think they're going to take a step back, Chris. The, the, the question is how much of one, because they were a, an elite defense last year. And, I mean, they were the number one. They finished as the number one total defense in the country. But um, they lost a ton of guys. And, you know, they're used to reloading on that side of the ball, but not to this degree. And I think Kerry Combs is going to do a good job as defensive coordinator, but he's never been a, a D coordinator before. Uh, excellent position coach, excellent recruiter, brings all kinds of energy. And there's no doubt the last two years he spent in the NFL, his only two years in the NFL with the Tennessee Titans, um, after being on Ohio State staff for five years, there's no doubt he learned a lot. And he talks about it all the time, his two years in the NFL with the Titans, especially that, you know, good organization like the Titans that plays good defense. So, um, But Jeff Hafley, to me, is special. 
we saw it last year as one year at Ohio State as defensive coordinator. We're seeing him already. Boston College is playing, you know, above their heads. Mm-hmm. You know, still obviously not a, a contender to be like a top twenty team or anything like that. But we're seeing already Jeff Halfley is a special guy. So I think they're going to take a step back defensively. My question is, are they going to take a step back from top defense in the country or one of the top to like tenth best? Or are they going to drop to like twentieth or thirtieth? Um, I don't think they're going to be anywhere like they were two years ago, where they were really just flat out bad defensively. But I don't think they're going to be elite like they were last year. They're going to be somewhere in between. But like I said, the offense is going to be better. So, yeah, they um, they have the potential to win it all. But, you know, they've got to be careful of things like, you know, the opening game when everybody's talking about, well, you know, maybe Ryan Day, if they get a big lead, is going to, like, you know, call off the dogs. That's very dangerous to have that. Ad- and I don't know if the team has that attitude. But I hear a lot of that from Ohio State's fans, you know, you know, saying, oh, they're not going to run up the score against Nebraska. It's like you better come in wanting to win the game against Nebraska before you worry about that stuff because I do think yeah, that's a dangerous situation when you have that mindset of, Again, I don't know if the team has the mindset, the, the Buckeyes themselves, but I'm hearing a lot of that in Columbus of like, oh, our friends in Nebraska and this and that, and don't want to rough the score on them. It's like um, they're coming here to win the game. They're not coming here just to play patty cake in the horseshoe. So, And I think Nebraska's a dangerous team this year with 10 starters returning on offense. We'll see about their defense. I think they have five returning starters on defense. You would know better than me, Chris. But with 10 returning starters on offense and the Buckeyes – you know, a question mark in my mind defensively. Um, that's going to be interesting. So Ohio State better come ready to play in two days, or it, you know, it could get uh, uh, could get dangerous here in Columbus. That's where I'm at. Where, where's your uh, vibe at, Dave Biddles, with his uh, Bucknuts and of course 24/7 Sports, CBS Sports Network at Dave Biddle. That's where you follow Dave on Twitter. You know, where's your feel? Is this thing going to be? A shootout to track me back and forth. Does Ohio State finally kind of take over? I mean, you guys are so talented on the lines of scrimmage. You know, what's what's the timeline of that reload? I think you're going to be great. But how soon do you get there? Do you kind of come out hitting the ground running in week one, game one? That's not That's not been the case in 2020. So I'm just wondering your feel as far as, you know how this thing goes. I think Scott Frost is super great offensively. Uh, two years ago, I know when you had a uh, not as great of a defense, uh, Nebraska did some things offensively, and I think Nebraska feels pretty confident about where they're at. I don't know that there's fear, but there's a ton of respect uh, on the other side of that, Dave. I mean, the, the Ohio State if they if they get it rolling, which they're certainly talented enough to do so it could get ugly quick and i just i think nebraska is going in kind of with house money they're just going to play hard compete in, in ohio state i mean they've they've had so many pants on the back on top of the fact that you've got uh, the clemson and bama factor out there all right you, you, are you going to try and make up for for lost time if you're ohio state do you try and do too much and get in your own way you know, that, it's an interesting debate, you know, and I think the mental side of sports is so huge. And last year, going into the Ohio State-Nebraska game, Ohio State kept hearing, this is going to be a tough game. You know, last year was a tough game. And Nebraska, they're going to be tough to beat in Lincoln. And, you know, they were, I believe they, they started 3-1 and one entering that game. Ohio State was ranked fifth, and uh, Nebraska was either ranked or just outside the rankings. And everybody's like, this is going to be a tough game. And Ohio State came in there focused after hearing how tough of a game it was going to be and, you know, took care of business. And um, the game wasn't as close as anybody expected. And it's the flip side this year. Like you mentioned, Nebraska's playing with house money. Nebraska's being told, oh, you got no chance. Ohio State's being told how great they are. They, 
even if they're saying the right things, they experienced a 41-point win over Nebraska last year, and a lot of these same players are back, um, especially on offense. And you have to wonder, just naturally in sports, you can let your guard down a little bit, look ahead to Penn State, and that's where a team like Nebraska can can bite you because this is not a any, I think any team in the Big Ten really, you know, even the, whoever the worst team in the let's say Rutgers, if, if you completely fall asleep, they could even bite up, you know, jump up and bite you. Although that'd be a super long shot or a Maryland, somebody like that. Nebraska's not that team. They're not. They might not be upper echelon Big Ten, but they're certainly um, good enough. And at least, in my opinion, like right in the middle of the pack. If you're ranking the 14 Big Ten teams, I wouldn't have Nebraska any lower than seventh. Um, they're right around there. You know, if you're sixth, seventh, eighth best team in the Big Ten, you can beat anybody on any given day, especially if they come in with their guard down. So I do wonder about that um, because you know, you know, I, you know, and I do think Ohio State. Will I mean their offense? They're so veteran, especially on that O line. They're going to be able to do things. Um, they're going to be able to move the ball well. But I do think Nebraska's going to be able to move the ball. Nebraska couldn't really move the ball last year much at all against Ohio State's defense. But I think with all those returning starters for Nebraska, a new defensive coordinator for Ohio State, a lot of new starters. They only have four starters back on defense. I think Nebraska's going to be able to move the ball. I mean, I see something like. 45-24, so kind of a shootout, but nothing crazy. Nothing that you know, I don't see it being like 56-45 or anything like that. But like, I see something like 45-24. We're going to get like a good game where Nebraska would, you know, Ohio State wins, but Nebraska covers something sure. like that. I think the point spread's like 26. Um, and to be clear about Ohio State's defense, they do have some strong points, Chris. They do. I mean, their defensive ends are really good. Even losing Chase Young, that's going to be a strength. Uh, just to you know, get down the nuts and bolts real quick. I mean, they got five defensive ends they really like, and on passing down they can move those guys some of those guys inside and basically go with four defensive ends on the field um a defensive tackle is, is a big concern. They got a guy they really like as the nose guard, Tommy Togiai. He's, gonna, he's a junior. He's really good. First year starter, but really good. But they have a big time lack of depth at defensive tackle. So that's a huge concern. Um, linebacker, they're really good there. They've got four seniors that are going to play. They've got three juniors that are going to play and a sophomore that they like. So they're deep and talented at linebacker. And then even after losing three of the four starters in the uh, defensive backfield, there's, the secondary is still good. So this is not going to be a, you know, a terrible defense or anything like that, but they'll, they'll take a step back. So that's one of the reasons I think we're in for a good football game. The question is going to be if, if Nebraska's defense can at least slow down this Ohio State offense because they're, I mean, like I said, they are going to be one of the best offenses in the country like they were last year, and they could be even better. So how much is Nebraska going to be able to slow down this Ohio State offense? If they come out and they're able to do it for the first two drives and get some confidence going, could be a very interesting game. If Ohio State's able to get their confidence down, they're able to move the ball, score on their first two possessions. Nebraska gets down on themselves. I mean, it could you know, end up being you know, convincing a win for Ohio State. But I think it's going to be somewhere in the middle. I think we're going to see something like uh, 45-24, something like that. Dave Biddles with us, Bucknuts, uh, 24-7 Sports, CBS Sports. You know, I think Nebraska, you're right, will move the ball. It kind of comes down to, to run defense for Nebraska. And can they be better? And can they keep Ohio State from ripping off uh, a ton of 50, 60, 40-yard gash plays, right? I mean, it's one thing if you go score, but how quickly are you doing it, right? And Ohio State's been so great at, at shock plays. Dave, a uh, closing thought from you just on your time around Justin Fields, uh, what what he is like, and we, we know the talent, we know the athleticism, and just as great as he is, 
how much growth do you anticipate from him? Uh, the supporting cast is incredible, but when it comes to him improving as a thrower, he's still really good. But do you think he has the chance to be great, to be that that great dual threat dude? Because uh, you know, just kind of hearing some things from Urban Meyer, that's room for Fields to grow. Correct? He can still be a better thrower in this offense. Yeah, and he, um, you know, he impressed me last year. I thought there would be ups and downs, or pretty much all ups and just very few downs. And I thought he'd be very talented and show that he's a future first round pick, but would have some games where he threw a couple picks. Mm-hmm. He only had one game where he threw a couple picks. I was against Clemson, and one wasn't his fault. Uh, he only had three interceptions the whole year, uh, two against Clemson. Went into that game with one interception um, and a completion percentage right around, you know, just below seventy. So he was a better passer than I thought he would be, and he does have room to grow. There's no doubt about it. He'd be the first one to tell you that. I mean he's a very cerebral young man and he knows he was just a first year starter last year and, and, and there's a room for him to get better and so he'll be I think even more accurate with the ball maybe make you know I don't want to say better decisions because mm-hmm. you know, he made good decisions last year but um, he'll be a more polished quarterback this year I think they might run him a little bit less because he can't afford to get him hurt now if it's a big game and you know, if it's fourth quarter against Nebraska and you need a first down in a tie game or something or a one score game they're going to run him then if they think that's their you know, Q run is their best approach, but as far as called quarterback runs, I think we're going to see it a little bit less than we did last year. We didn't see it that much last year. They weren't that Q-run heavy last year. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, he's the biggest difference with him is he's going to be more of a field general this year. Like He knew the playbook really well. He came in and studied it, got in early, enrolled in January of 2019, so he had you know several months to learn the playbook. And Ryan Day said he learned the playbook really well, but still wasn't, you know, wasn't like that coach on the field, maybe. They feel like he is now. You know, that he's just that typical field general that you want out of a quarterback so he's a pleasure to be around man i'm still waiting for him to his because he's you know a national star now i'm still waiting for him to get cocky but he's just he's grounded he's a good young man he had every reason to to opt out and say i'm good to go i'm going to be at worst the second pick of the draft probably and now and now back to hail varsity radio back with you hail varsity radio more thoughts here with uh, buckeye insider dave diddle and quarterback talk Adrian and, of course, Justin Fields, his return. He wanted to come back more than anybody, and that leadership that he has showed and just the way his teammates embraced him you know, from the get-go, you can tell he's just, a. in addition to being a very talented quarterback, um, you know, he's a really good young man. And I, this is a bold statement because I've seen some good quarterbacks come through here, but during my time covering the team, which goes back to now 2002, even before that, growing up in the state of Ohio as a fan of the Buckeyes, I think he's going to go down as the best quarterback to come through here um, when you look at everything. And there's been some great wins. There's been, you know, Troy Smith and many others. I mean, Haskins is the first Big Ten quarterback to be taken in the first round since Kerry Collins back in 1996, and the first Ohio State quarterback to be taken in the first round since Arch Schleister for the Baltimore Colts back in 1982. So we've seen some really good quarterbacks come through here. Um, I think he's going to be the best. Um, I think he's going to go down as the best um, that we've seen. So um, we'll see. I'm, I'm curious uh, what Nebraska's quarterback situation is going to look like. I know you guys got some uh, intriguing options there with McCaffrey and Martinez, but uh, yeah, man, Fields is a pleasure to be around, and you know it's good that we all thought like oh, I can't believe that we're only going to get one year of Justin Fields when it looked like we weren't going to have Big Ten football. And that Clemson game is going to be his last game. Like, what a shame that Fields is going to be one and done. So Buckeye fans are very happy they're going to get a chance to see Justin Fields for a second and final year here in Columbus. Dave, you're right. And I think you're going to see some some purpose packages for McCaffrey. Uh, but Adrian's just got to kind of go play and, and, and show that maturity. Both those kids were looked at by Ohio State. So, you know, the, the level of 
a quarterback that they can can become. Fields is special. Uh, when it comes to, to Ryan Day, uh, what, what is so special about him? And, and, and I mean that in all respect when I ask that, but just what makes him tick and connect with the guys? Because he's, he's fantastic, but you're there every day. How is he like Urban? How is he different? But how has he been able to to take this inheritance and not, you know, not wreck the Ferrari. Yeah, he's he's like Urban in that internally he's uber competitive and focused, but he's like a little bit more caring than Urban. Um, he just and Urban cared about his players, um, but there's just a different level with Ryan Day, and um, and we'll see if he can keep this up. I and mean, Urban did it for many many years, but I couldn't be more impressed with Ryan Day. And Chris, I was wrong. I, I thought he would do good. I was thinking this. You know, we, there are exceptions to the rule, which we're seeing right now with Ryan Day and Lincoln Riley. But I've seen over and over again in sports where the promoting from within, especially when a legend steps down, it just usually doesn't work. Again, there's exceptions to the rule, but I just promoting from within, I'm not a fan of that. Especially, my problem was initially, and I look foolish saying this now, but I'll admit it, um, it was the first question at the uh, Ryan Day's introductory press conference, and I was the one that asked it. Gene Smith, the athletic director, like, why didn't you do a, a search? He didn't even interview anybody for the job. Um, he didn't bring in, you know, guys like Matt Campbell, who I thought, you know, maybe deserved an interview. And he knew he had his guy, though. Urban said, this is the guy. Gene Smith agreed. They didn't need to do the interview. And now you see why. I mean, he is a brilliant offensive mind. But he gets the entire. He, he he's just a. He gets the defensive side of the ball, but he lets his defensive guys, as he said, you guys go in the room and figure it out. I'll give you kind of an outline of what I want done. You guys go figure it out. He's just good in all aspects. And what you know, the biggest thing is when I talk to the parents of players, they're blown away by him. Blown away by how he handled everything during the pandemic. You know, just the way um, he cares about the players and how he's on point with business. Like he's just. He's just a good guy, man. He's even a good husband and a good family man, it seems like. You never know for sure, but it seems like he's like a good father and a good husband. So almost too good to be true. The, the, the fear that Ohio State fans have now is, uh-oh, is he going to be like Bill Belichick's replacement in a few sure. years? Because he grew up a big Patriots fan. He's from New Hampshire and uh, was a quarterback at, at New Hampshire for three years, starting quarterback, one double A. So that's the fear is like, uh-oh, is, is he too good? You know, Is he only going to be here for a couple years? But he says he's thrilled to be here and they are sick of bouncing around. They want their kids just to stay in a, you know, a stable area and not have to bounce around. I believe him when he says that, but we'll see. Four years from now, if the Patriots come knocking, who knows, man. <laughs> Dave Biddle, Bucknuts. Dave, we'll, we'll talk soon, and thanks for the rundown today. Thanks, Chris. Good talking to you, man. Got to love Dave Biddle, and uh, that is good to get his insight and uh, the Ryan Day stuff I thought was super interesting where he's like, well, you know, I think Ryan Day cares about his guys a little more. Urban Meyer is this tough, hard-edged dude. And, uh, yeah, I don't want to quite go robotic, but there's just kind of one mode for Urban. Biddle seems a little bit more personable. Got some open phones till 646-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. So we'll uh, get some NFL here. Audio, Le'Veon Bell and Fitzmagic is being a good teammate, which is nice. But man, that's got to be a, a kick to the junk for him. Let's get some emails in here and also uh, uh, a message. Can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Always love hearing from Vic. Got a chance to meet Vic out in Boulder last year. And uh, Vic's got a good question. 
with, uh, you know, how, how is the flow of the game going? Is the flow of the game going where Ohio State jumps out, gets some big plays, and it's a repeat of last year? So Vic's question is this, if, if Nebraska gets down offensively a couple of drives in a row and, <clears throat> excuse me, the new wideouts are, are a bit shaky, does Nebraska go full eyebone flex option football? You saw the success that was going on last year. Now it ended in a heart-wrenching interception and in and, and a way Ohio State went, but they were on the ropes and they had to <laughs> to, to burn a 20 time 20 second timeout like we're, we're watching college basketball here. Listen, you don't practice against the option. Uh, there was no uh, Air Force or Army game this year for Ohio State in week two. Uh, the option football element is something that, I don't know, I mean, has Nebraska worked on it? I, I think this, and this is based off talking to Tim May earlier, I think that's in the back of the mind of, of Ohio State. You have a new defensive coordinator, you've got some some young guys on the interior. Hey, and you've got a, a couple of options, not only with Adrian, but but with Luke McCaffrey. I'd, I'd sure as hell go to it. And to be honest, you can do so much with play action off of that. I mean, you could really hit some big plays. Now, I think you go in with, all right, we're going to trust our offensive line to do well for us if we're Nebraska on first down and get, get Mills lathered up, get the quarterback run game gathered up. But you've got to be little unpredictable here and, and that option stuff I mean have you run it enough what's your comfort level like with it to break it out again I mean Nebraska had a bye week going into Ohio State last last year so they had, they they worked on that clearly and it worked for Mills because it was more natural for him being that that halfback position dude from Georgia Tech that ran triple option so I wouldn't I wouldn't discount it at all I, I'd love it I would absolutely love seeing it, and uh, you run some eyebone uh, option football, and and yeah, you find your tight ends as they streak down the seam off the old my favorite play, the option pass. Uh, some more emails to get to Chris at alevarsity.com. Get us in on Twitter. Give us a follow at Schmidt underscore Radio at Damon Bar. That's two R's. We are at Kincader Brewing tomorrow. Road show Friday. Want to see it on there. Get some uh, Hail Ale, baby. Some Hail Varsity beer that's just phenomenal that Kincader's put together. The great folks from Broken Bow. Their tap room's just south of the rail yard. We'll be down there four to six. A couple of offensive line questions. We'll wind down a Thursday with Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, Hail Varsity Thursday edition presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Damon Barr. So tomorrow we will talk to Derek Peterson. Tomorrow the return of Clausburn for the Friday forecast. And brother, I, I have got disturbing news, but we are going to make it work. Bill Dolman has a photo shoot tomorrow, so we need the Pride of Fairbury. 
with his predictive magic. Leave it to Dolman having a photo shoot. Well, is he says I've got to shoot like he's Dirk freaking Diggler or something. I got to shoot on Friday. Don't they know it's twenty four hours or less before the game? Like Dolman, don't you need a better negotiator, brother? I mean, blondes and mattresses and the mountains, bro. Good on you. <laughs> the guy to shoot. Ready to shoot, Jack. All right, buckle up. That's what I'm going to say and leave it there. 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska, they aren't wearing their seatbelt. If used properly, the seatbelt can reduce risk of injury and fatal injury by 60%. Your best defense in any crash, buckle up. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Uh, email is in from our friends in Columbus uh, at uh, News Talk 900. And uh, I, I tell you what, this is a good question. We, we kind of addressed it a little bit earlier uh, with the offensive line. And if, if you're Bryce Benhart, you're really good. You're really talented. And as Frosty said, they threw you into the deep end of the pool. Shane and Julie Blazer have emailed in. And we'll take emails, chris at alevarsity.com. Find the, the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, uh, with our friends at Heard at Media, of course. And, of course, the uh, in-demand ESPNLincoln.com stream is there as well. But So the O-line is uh, touted as a strength. But I think Shane said he's taking a wait-and-see approach. Uh, because uh, last year, the first half, they were a weakness. You had uh, some new folks there, of course. And you've got uh, a 19-year-old starting right tackle and a left guard that that spot has underperformed either due to injury or experience. So there's high upside by Shane and Julie as they talk about Ben Hard. But they're just wondering, you know, what's, what's likely here with this offensive line. Uh, they're high on Hymas and Jurgens. We'll see about the guards, uh, but before he anoints anybody, he wants to see him perform. That's completely fair. But with with Farniok, just think of his comfort level, and just think of think of both tackles last year, and, and Chase Young was was breathing fire for God's sake. So you, you had that, and then you had the three other dudes hunting because everyone is worried about Chase Young. Look, you're going to get that same caliber of of defensive lineman uh, coming off the line at you if you're Ohio State. It's just that they aren't already going to be the second pick overall. So you're going to have a vet in, in Farniak at that guard spot on the right side to help the young pup. And uh, listen, uh, it's okay. No matter what happens Saturday for Bryce Benhart, it's, it's okay. That's likely the best you'll see. And it may be the best seat you'll see in your career, at least playing against. Uh, hoping that at some point, if you're a Nebraska fan, the defensive line climbs up and gets a high level. Come see us, Kincater Brewing, tomorrow south of the rail yard in the Haymarket Roadshow Friday. And to getting you ready for the Buckeyes and your Huskers. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to Hale Varsity.